While we normally focus every episode on how to make more money in real estate, today we're going to show you how to save money in real estate, and we're talking about tens of thousands of dollars every single year. Stay tuned. This episode of Keeping It Real is brought to you by Real Geeks. How many homes are you going to sell this year? Do you have the right tools? Is your website turning soft leads into interested buyers? Are you spending money on leads that aren't converting? Well, Real Geeks is your solution. Find out why agents across the country choose Real Geeks as their technology partner. Real Geeks was created by an agent for agents. They pride themselves on delivering a sales and marketing solution so that you can easily generate more business. Their agent websites are fast and built for lead conversion with a smooth search experience for your visitors. Real Geeks also includes an easy-to-use agent CRM, so once a lead signs up on your website, you can track their interest and have great follow-up conversations. Real Geeks is loaded with a ton of marketing tools to nurture your leads and increase brand awareness. Visit realgeeks.com forward slash keeping it real pod and find out why realtors come to Real Geeks to generate more business. Again, visit realgeeks.com forward slash keeping it real pod. And now, on to our show. This episode of Keeping It Real is brought to you by Apply Design. Welcome to a revolution in real estate presentation brought to you by Apply Design, the leading virtual staging solution tailored for forward-thinking realtors. Now, in today's fast-paced market, making a lasting impression is everything. With Apply Design, you unlock the full potential of every listing, transforming empty spaces into stunning, buyer-attracting homes, all with just a few clicks and in just a few minutes. Choose their DIY staging, available for as low as $7 per image or save time with their auto staging feature for as low as $10.50 per image. Plus, experience their service firsthand with a trial image absolutely free. Their intuitive platform empowers you to bring visions to life, ensuring your listings stand out, captivate, and sell. And for listeners of Keeping It Real, Apply Design is offering an exclusive 15% off your first purchase. Simply use the code REAL24, that's R-E-A-L-2-4, at checkout. Elevate your listings, enchant your clients, and achieve faster sales with Apply Design. Don't let your properties blend in. Make them shine with Apply Design. Your success story starts now. Visit them at applydesign.io. Again, that's applydesign.io. Remember, your first impression is the only impression. And now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Keeping It Real, the largest podcast made by real estate agents and for real estate agents. My name is DJ Paris. I am your guide and host through the show. And in just a moment, we're going to be speaking with real estate tax specialist, Shahar Plinner. Before we get to Shahar, by the way, Shahar is going to talk specifically. He is not a real estate tax person for properties. He is works with 1099 employees and he has an unbelievable system to show you how you can save money on your own business and personal taxes. So please stay tuned. This is a really, really fun episode for us, one we don't normally do. And hopefully, 
hopefully you'll find it really uh, helpful and you could save some money with it. But before we get to Shahar, please remember to tell a friend. Really, this episode could go to anyone who is not set up as a corporation for their real estate um commission business. So please uh, feel free to pass this along and also leave us a review. Let us know what you think of the show on whatever podcast app you're uh, listening to this on right now. We appreciate you. Please support our sponsors as well. But guys, let's dive right in my conversation with Shahar Plinner. Today on the show, my guest is tax guru Shahar Plinner from Formations Corp. Let me tell you more about Shahar. Now, Shahar Plinner is an entrepreneur and a tax expert on a mission to disrupt the status quo for real estate agents. 18 years ago, Shahar moved from Israel to Seattle and founded, scaled, and sold a leading tax and accounting firm with a presence in Seattle, Silicon Valley, and Tel Aviv. Now, During this time, he developed a playbook specifically for 1099 agents, which inspired the launch of Formations. Today, as co-founder and CEO of Formations Corp., uh, Shahar continues to champion the cause. Formations is a tax management solution for the self-employed, empowers real estate agents to save thousands on taxes annually, make better financial decisions, and democratizes access to corporate-level benefits such as quality and affordable health care, as well as easy-to-implement retirement solutions. I want everybody, everybody, even if you have an accountant, to go visit formationscorp.com. Guess what? I have an accountant. I'm going to check it out because even if you do have an accountant, you may not have the perfect accountant for your situation. So go to formationscorp.com and learn more. Shahar, welcome to the show. Hey, DJ. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. Well, this this is this is really embarrassing because I'll pull back the curtain on the show. So oftentimes I, I get to the episode just a few minutes before we're recording and my team puts all the notes together. And so as soon as we got on, I was uh, was chatting with Shahar before we started and and I said, Boy, that sounds like an Israeli accent. And then uh, I asked him, I go, Is you know, is that Israeli? He said, Oh yeah, yeah, it is. And then sure enough, it's right there in the bio that I was gonna read two minutes later. So <laughs> Shahar's like, Wow, this guy does no preparation uh, for the show. Um, so I, I apologize. Uh again, it's behind the scenes thing. But anyway, super excited to have you because right now it's it's towards the end of February 2024. We are right uh, coming up on tax season. It's already tax season. And this is the time for uh, realtors to start thinking about their expenses. And of course, all the money they are either going to get back or they have to pay in to Uncle Sam. So really excited to have you. I think this may be the first time in 550 episodes we've ever had a a tax guru on specifically for realtors. So uh, really appreciate you being here. And Let's get started with, you know, how did you, you've, you've been in taxes for, for quite some time. How did you get into taxes? What, what was your path there? My path was, how can I be as far away as possible from my family-owned business? You know, someone that grew up in a family-owned business, only, you know, someone that's been there can understand, you know, the dynamic of being, you know, uh, uh, working for your dad, your mom, your brother, your sister, uh, and have all of these. Uh, 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 co-mingling of emotions, you know, between, you know, how do I separate my dad, my parents from, yeah. you know, work? And it's impossible. So me as the youngest, basically a family of three boys, and I'm the youngest. Um, I rebel and basically, you know, made the decision that I'm 
no longer part of uh, the family-owned business and I look for something in finance, something in numbers. And I don't know, it was, you know, it, it was, I couldn't explain how basically I came, you know, in, into the tax world, but basically, you know, I got introduction uh, to a person that basically uh, showed me the tax world, the US tax world, and I find it uh, uh, amazing. You know, it, uh, right. it's a whole world of opportunities and possibilities. And I think me as a service provider in nature, uh, put myself kind of the mission to be the uh, extension or basically to be the liaison between the systems, you know, that speak sometimes such a complicated language. And me as, you know, uh, English, my second language, I'm speaking Hebrew fluent. I had to basically use my uh, uh, whole English vocabulary, you know, to democratize uh, uh, tax code to the audience, and it worked. It kept it super simple, super engaged. Um, and being in taxes, you always feel that you are kind of the Robin Hood. You know, you're you're the you're the you're the the good side uh, of the government, allowing people the access uh, to the knowledge and basically to show them what is really possible and what you're telling people about taxes, you know, and I love your kind of keep it real. It's real. You know, uh, uh, the, the savings and the things that you can actually enjoy from the system is real, translate in more money in your pocket. So I love, you know, the concept of taxes. I see taxes, you know, it's I come really, you know, uh, unfortunate to see something complicated that most people are really struggle with. Um, and then when I start my journey, I just, you know, I felt that I, I'm in my in my zone, I with my people, you know, and um, this was kind of the foundation of, you know, my journey in taxes. And if I can stay in taxes for the rest of li my life, you know, this is what I want to do. Well, we're going to be paying taxes for the rest of our lives. So it makes sense. It's one of those, uh, you know, those jobs that when and also it's one of those jobs that, that, you know, it's like a dentist. They're just always going to be needed until maybe there's robots to do everything else. But until that time, um, and even, even, and really quite frankly, there are robots right now to do taxes. We've had, you know, uh, automated tax software, uh, software solutions for gosh, probably 20 plus years, more than that, uh, I'm sure. But, um, the, a good accountant can see through a lot of what the algorithmic, uh, you know, software solutions can't. And so I know too, that when I got an accountant, which was about 13 years ago, and I never thought I needed one before because I had a fairly simple situation. But since I started to become a 1099 employee, so even though I'm not a practicing realtor for our audience that probably knows that already, I am paid very similarly to how realtors are paid. So you can consider me a realtor for for this conversation because you know I again I have to pay the same sort of taxes that that you guys do, and I'm taxed the same way. But when I got an accountant, it really changed my uh, outlook on taxes. It actually became something that I was a little bit excited to work on every year because I was able to save more and, and, and of course, uh, pay less and, you know, keep more in my pocket. So I'm really, really excited. We're going to do this day. It's, it's sort of one of those topics that I think a lot of people could feel like, oh, it's not that exciting, but honestly to save money to me is very exciting. So we're, we'll talk about that. And also just to stay out of the 
the crosshairs of the feds. You know, none of us want to get those uh, big letters from the IRS. And so having a good tax professional is, is really, uh, I could not, you know, this is your business. Uh, of course, talking not, not to Shahar, but to our audience, this is your business. Treat it like a business. Every business really has an accountant or they should. This is the same thing you should treat yourself to. So let, let's talk about that. So let's, I would first love to get us to get a talk. Well, let's talk about first saving for taxes because realtors are paid uh, in in lump sums their taxes are not taken out prior to uh to getting paid right so they are responsible ultimately for putting a certain amount of money aside and i'm just curious if you have any best practices there such that i know when i have money in my bank account i'll tend to spend it um so you know do you have any sort of suggestions for agents when the when the money's coming in, sort of how to separate that out so that come this time of the year, you're not like, oh my God, now I have to write a twenty thousand dollar check that I didn't expect. So I think like everything in in finances, it's all about planning, and I think that agents need to understand that there's a great system around them. Um, you know, when we speak about the the tax world, we always say that the tax world is geared towards corporations. You know, when you have the umbrella of either corporate America or your W two employee, you uh, you're protected. You know, the employer is bringing a lot of awareness. They recommend you to do things. They put, you know, benefits and and, and uh, uh, ideas of how to save money in front of you. None of that is existing in the world of our 1099 people. You know, there's no way for us to consume information from our corporation. We need to basically, you know, navigate that complexity on our own. And I think when it starts uh, uh, with financial education, it's about know the system. Uh, when real estate agents start practicing, you know, I believe that most of them enjoy real estate. You know, this is why they get into the, the occupation and they believe in themselves that they can actually perform the relationship with their customers because we know that real estate, it's a very intensive relationship industry. It's not about sales. It's about, you know, drive the relationship with your audience so you'll have those transactions and the funnel, you know, in front of you build uh, uh, with prospect and potential people that you can buy or sell their businesses. The same, you know, with every aspect of your business. We are all about, you know, people business. And you mentioned about the relationship with your accountant. Pick your dream team. I think we speak about, you know, the dream team as something is super important. And sometimes we, you know, pick the dream team in the areas that we feel that has the most amount of impact. And we like to identify that actually accountants or people that move money for us or deal with money for us has the ability not just to be just a cost saving, but a profit center. Because when I basically delegate stuff, you know, to my accountants and I can act based on information, based on numbers, based on insight, based on data, I can actually make better financial decisions. And I think what's important for us to uh, 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 make sure that uh, uh, real estate agents and what top producers are doing, they set goals, they make some strategic decision, and it starts before the actually money comes into my account, it starts with my entity structure. You know, um, DJ, 90% of real estate agents still sit in a sole prop, you know, unincorporated structure in 2024. Why? You know, it's lack of awareness. It's lack of basically, you know, understanding that even just by moving into a single member LLC, 
You know, you're not changing your tax position, but at least you get the limited liability protection. You get the branding. You pay. You you get basically the credibility of me treating the business like a business. And then when I am already an LLC, then they move to you know a different tax efficient structure like an S corp. You know, it's a distance of a one form that you can fax to the IRS. You know, for them to accept your S selection. So I think knowing your option. Knowing your system, it's number one thing that we ask real estate agent to lean in. You know, the same as you learn, you know, how social media works for you and CRM system and how do you manage customers at the front of the house. You know, we ask real estate agent just to be a little bit more open for financial content. Yes, I agree with all of that. I would like to start with, let's talk about the advantages of moving from a 1099, uh, 1099, it's not employee, a 1099 contract uh -huh. to a, a either, you know, some sort of corporation. Yep. So I think we'll, let's start there because as you said, 90% of agents are, are not taking advantage of the corporate tax structure. Why should they? mainly because of the tax savings. So when you basically run a business in the US, you know, you're subject to three tier of tax mainly. Again, you have your state that you reside that will tax you either as a state tax, you know, or P&O tax or franchise tax board, but the franchise tax, uh, but there is some relationship between you and the state. And then when you go to the federal level, there's a relationship with you, between you and the IRS. But then us as a 1099, as a self-employed, we are also exposed to an additional tax, self-employment tax. And the self-employment tax in the US, 15.3%. You're basically paying double than your W-2 friend, you know, because it's your W-2 friend, you know, he pays half and the corporation is paying, you know, half. You as the self-employed are subject to both sides of self-employment tax, 15.3%. And this 15.3% usually comes as a surprise at the end of the year because you think about it. If I made just $100,000 net at the end of the year, boom, I'm get surprised with about $15,000 extra tax on top of my federal and state uh, uh, taxes. S corporation pays zero because again, corporations are not human beings. They're not paying social security and Medicare. So the, just the move, you know, to file my taxes as an S corp and go, don't, don't get me wrong. There are some requirements to run a healthy and compliant S corp, but in, in general, just moving into an S-corporation structure can save me 15% self-employment taxes. And again, if we're talking about top producers that are making $100,000, $300,000 year net profit, just you know, by addressing the self-employment problem, I can save myself between eleven dollars to $18,000 a year, which means we let real estate agents just sit and think about it. Imagine, close your eyes, what could I do? With another fifth, with an additional fifteen hundred bucks, you know, in my net to my overall financial well-being, how much more I can contribute, you know, and provide to my family? Yeah, I mean, you're right. You know, you're talking about yeah, about fifteen hundred a month or so in in savings, and you know, per hundred thousand uh, that you earn. So we're talking about, or, or a little bit less than that, but but essentially a huge amount of money here. You know, eleven to eighteen thousand per hundred thousand that you earn. 
even if you just took that money and threw it in a savings account or a money market right now, you might be getting five or 6% just on that. I would certainly much rather let that accrue interest than give the government that money for no good reason other than I just wasn't structured appropriately. So step one would be or incorporate. Would is that, uh, I understand right. that so correctly? Again, step number one, get yourself into the single member LLC because this is the entity that govern you on the state level. S corporation, it's a federal election. It's the relationship between, between you and the IRS. So you continue to be an LLC, you know, for us in the state of Washington. But then with the IRS, I asked the permission to tax me as an S corporation. Now, you mentioned something super cool about, hey, let's take this $15,000, you know, and put it in some saving account. Let's make more money. And I'm asking you, let's put your $15,000 into a solo 401k, you know, because now I can save 30% on that. So now I take money that the government is basically paying me because I'm not overpaying on tax. And now I'm putting into my retirement account and we can speak the benefits of a 401k, SEP IRA, traditional Roth, you know, each one of them has a role in the life of the real estate agent. But let's say that I'm using the most common retirement plan by by uh, corporate America, the 401k, if I put this $15,000 into my 401k, there is an additional 30% you know, tax saving because now I defer this income you know, to my age of retirement, call it you know, 70, 72, which again, 30%, $15,000, another $4,500. So 11, 15, 4,500, again, you're talking about $20,000 a year tax savings between entity structure and retirement plan and this is before we start optimizing your expenses and i do, and i want to come back to the expenses maybe a little bit later because one of the things that we try to educate top produ- producers expenses not a strategy you know when you expense that money never come back to you right but when but when you invest or when you basically save or when you use retirement mechanism you actually use it as an expense because the business can write off those items but the money stays with you. The money stays with other people within your family. This is the pure, you know, increasing wealth, you know, for you as a business owner. Yes, all of that makes so much sense. I really like the idea of the uh, retirement savings as well as, as you know, whether it's a SEP IRA, a 401k, uh, some sort of uh, tax deferred uh, retirement plan, because this money will go in pre-tax, right? So Shahar said that. So what that means is, you know, you get paid on a commission, you take a certain percentage of that, throw that into your retirement plan. That money is not taxed until it's pulled out, you know, however many years later. This, of course, is, is a great retirement saving strategy. And when you pull it out, odds are you'll be at a lower tax bracket because you'll likely be in retirement at that time. And if you're still at the high tax, uh, high tax bracket, well, then you're doing great. But at least you've deferred all of those taxes until, uh, you know, until the end. And all of that growth, of course, is, is wonderful. But that money doesn't get taxed right away. So that's a, a wonderful point. And you, you, you know, there's ways that you can access it with penalties before you retire, but um, really is is a great tax saving strategy uh, for retirement and also just for for current taxes. So you're absolutely right. The money that you'll save going from 1099 to incorporation 
is is something that you can use in, in a number of different ways. If you need the money for things you're saving for, then you can put it in, you know, in the in the market, or you could put it in a in an IRA. Uh, sorry, not an IRA, but uh, a tax uh, a tax uh, taxable uh, investment account, or you could put it in a pre tax account, which uh, it would be an IRA or, or a 401k SEP as well. And so, yeah, this is this is these are great great ideas. And really, we're talking about saving fifteen percent of you know of this money that you would be giving the government if you weren't incorporated, if you're just a ten ninety nine contract employee. So huge opportunity there. Um, also, want to talk about with respect to income. Do you have a suggestion for agents when they receive a commission check? You talk about planning, of course, being the most important thing. Do you encourage agents? Or, or 1099 employees or 1099 workers to have separate accounts in banks for when a income when a check comes in a certain percentage goes into my tax account that I'll be using to pay later uh, or do you what what sort of your thoughts on that? So by the way, you mentioned uh, overpaying on taxes in 2022. By the way, uh, based on the IRS information, uh, self-employed individual paid 220 billion dollar in self-employment tax they move to an s corp on most of them you know if you can again can save you 60 percent of it so you're talking about gazillion amount of money you know that are bleeding basically what you call unmanaged into the system so llc first step because we want to separate our entities you know from me uh, uh, and, and my business. I want to bifurcate the Shahar from Shahar LLC or Shahar Inc. I want to make sure that there is a separation of entities. And then, yes, the natural next thing is to have a separate bank account. And the number one mistake that we see real estate agents are making is co-mingling of funds. And when you co-mingle of funds, there's two things that basically you uh, uh, disservice yourself or arm yourself. One, you cannot get visibility into the real numbers. So you're acting based on inaccurate data to make financial decision. You don't know, you know, if you're profitable, you don't know how much you spend money on, you know, you don't know what is the real kind of uh, a net profit. If it even makes sense for me to stay in the industry, you know, because at the end of the day, we're making it because we uh, create our own reality, but also we're making it to provide ourselves, you know, a decent living. So this is one. Second, it's the number one reason for the IRS to come and either revoke your S-election or basically make some changes into your tax return. It's basically, you know, the IRS uh, uh, go after this co-mingling account and basically pull all of the transactions that are personal. And there's no reason, again, to take advantage, as we mentioned a couple of minutes ago, you know, with expenses, because I can create a very efficient tax structure with the right S-Corp, which is the thing, the retirement plan, and some expense management. But it's all about habits. So the habits is, if I am running a business, let's make sure that all of my business expenses run through my business. And if I have some personal expenses, make sure that I'm taking you know, all of those expenses on my personal side. And if there is something in the middle, yeah, go aggressive and deduct it through your business. Worst case, at the end of the day, when we do your bookkeeping and when we kind of uh, manage your uh, PNL or your expense uh, uh, spreadsheet will throw out some of those expenses that we feel that you know a little bit too much for us. Um, but managing your business expenses is uh, uh, should be set and forget. It's not something that you need to pay uh, uh, attention 
uh, every month you set the chart of accounts once. So we said first step, LLC. Second step, you know, business account. Third step, cheap accounting software. You can buy zero today at seven bucks, you know, a month. You can basically go to Hurdler for 10 bucks, you know, a month. You can find cheap online solutions that will bookkeeping for you, that will give you all of this expense classification automatically, directly from the bank account. It pull all of the transaction, it clean it up. You know, such uh, a life quality. If I don't need to do it manually, or I don't need to wait until the end of the year to do it. When I do it live and I have live information in front of me, I can make so much difference in my business. You said something that I hadn't really thought about with respect to mingling uh, funds. So even if you have a business account and you are set up as a corporation, whether it's S-Corp, C-Corp, whatever it may be, um, I have all of my income to my business going into my business account. What I don't have, and you just made me realize that this is something I need to do, is I don't automatically take a percentage of, of the income that comes into my business and put it in a separate account just to hold it there for taxes. And I've done this long enough to have a pretty good idea of what percentage that should be just to protect myself. But you're right. As a result, when I count up my income at the end of the year, I'm not taking the taxes out. So the numbers aren't really that accurate. I'm just seeing the blanket uh, you know, revenue that's coming into my business, uh, but I, it's not really the right number, as you were saying. So this idea of, of keeping things separate is is so uh, so important. Let's. I want to talk about S corps because this is uh, this is probably the most common type of structure that realtors find themselves doing once. Uh, and it. I know that S corps don't necessarily apply to every realtor based on how much income their business is producing, but it can make sense. I know for me, it made sense when I got to a certain income level in my business, and then it was a no brainer. But let's define because there's most of our audience probably doesn't understand the benefit benefit of an of an S corporation. Actually, before we do that, I'm going to back up just one step. Let's first talk about the benefit of being an LLC before we we subcategorize into like S corp, C corp. So, let's talk about the benefit of it. We, you mentioned some of them, but I also the idea of a limited liability. Let's talk about what that means because realtors can be sued. And my understanding is there's protection built in uh, to LLC structure that would make uh, lawsuits a little bit l uh, more uh, palatable or, or less scary if somebody comes after because they would come after the business, correct, versus the individual? Correct. And then what we usually recommend to those individuals is that don't own or hold any assets within the LLC. You know, bring your commission, make right. sure that you have, you know, your expenses, maybe, you know, some, some payroll liability, maybe some 401k liability, but there's no assets, which means if someone decides to go after you, you will find basically an empty shell, you know, of an LLC, there's no much assets, you can take the cash out and there's nothing to go after. But again, we're not building, you know, on the LLC to protect you. We want to make sure that you do things, you know, very ethically and, you, and also to make sure that you have the right insurance insurance uh, in place, which again, it's a business expense, those uh, insurances. You mentioned um, the tax allocation. DJ, if I need to ask you, you know, how much, like if you're making two, three hundred thousand dollars a year, you know, if you're in, in, in your mind, how much would you set aside for tax? How much would you so set I, aside? What is the percentage amount of every check that you set aside? 
so this is embarrassing because I don't do it and I don't really know, but if I had, I mean, this is embarrassing. I just do what my accountant tells me, which is also not. So if I had to guess, I would say 30%. Yeah. So again, so we are telling people don't put a dollar behind above 20. If someone is making about $250,000, your tax liability should not exceed, you know, 20%. And I think this is going back to your kind of the dollar amount. You know, the old equation was from every dollar amount, there's about 33% going to maintain business and 33% for tax. And I maybe take home 33%, you know, ish. The formula in 2024, because of social media, because of digitalization, because the way that you can run a very efficient, you know, what you call business of one, you should not pay more than 20%, you know, in taxes. And you should not pay more than 20% of expenses to keep the lights on, which means in the new world of 2024, we see top agents taking 60% home. And when we think about, you know, profit first, and profit first is kind of the envelope system, which is income minus my profit equal my expenses, it changed entirely mindset. Because if I put a goal that for every dollar coming into my business account, 50% is going into my side, it's going to pay my taxes, which is my benefit, it's going to fund my retirement, it's going to basically, you know, uh, fund my HSA, my health savings account, my FSA, my flexible spending account for medical. And, you know, if I have kids younger than 13, I can pay, you know, out of the business $5,000 for my uh, uh, pre-after school expenses. It's to fund basically maybe my kids' payroll, maybe my kids' retirement. Again, there's so much things that I can keep money within the family. And then, you know, the 20% to keep the lights on because we know it's almost like it's the toothpaste theory. You know, when we have more, we spend more. But when, you know, the toothbrush kind of, you know, with the toothpaste is almost done and we can squeeze, you know, another brush, magical you know it's like a, a, a magic in the air this is the same with business you know we see business owners when they have more and the wealthy kind of the, the wealth is coming their way and the balance sheet become more uh, uh kind of you know uh, uh with cash and with with some some uh, uh spending ability we see people spend more money and we want to let them know no continue to be disciplined about needs versus want and you'll see that dramatically increase in your take-home uh, uh, money. Uh, yeah, I agree. I know I pay a lot less than 30%, um, usually in the low 20s, maybe 20 is, is yep. about where I'm, where I'm at. Um, because of the S-Corp structure, it is almost a bit magical. And something that will be very, uh, very surprising in a good way if you've never done it, you will find um, that boy, it is, it is a really nice structure. And so number one, you're limiting liability for in case anything, someone decides that, you know, they thought you did something uh, nefarious, they, they can go after it, but there's no assets held within the organization. So that of course protects, or at least somewhat protects you. And then of course the, the tax benefits trickle down because my understanding is S corporations are, have a pass through where in other right. words, can you explain what a pass through is? So in, in the corporate world, there's two set of tax. You know, there's the C-Corp, the traditional tax, uh, uh, corporate tax that, that is double taxation, which means when I'm running a C-Corp, a traditional corporation, when the money comes in, I'm getting taxed. I'm paying, you know, corporate 
tax. And when I'm taking the money out in a salary or a dividend, I'm paying a second layer of taxation. LLC and S-Corporation are considered to be a pass-through entity, which means there is no corporate tax. When money comes, comes in, you know, it's not getting taxed. When money gets out, it's the first time that it's getting taxed and only on one federal rate. So S-Corporation has two classes of tax because I can take money out of the S-Corporation in two different ways. I'm taking money in the nature of wages, what we call reasonable compensation, because the IRS forced us to take a reasonable compensation, so we'll pay some Social Security and Medicare, but it's definitely far beyond 100% of the bottom line or 100% of the net. This is why, you know, there's some margin of tax savings. And then what I'm not taking in the nature of a wage, I can take out in the nature of distributions. And those distributions are not subject to self-employment tax. So as an S-corporation, again, the pass-through element is only one layer of tax on your individual tax rate. There is no corporate tax on the S-corporation level. And because in most cases, you will be the sole owner of the corporation, you ultimately, the entirety of the assets held within the organization are, are, are the business's assets, but you are the sole owner. So ultimately, you know, we're all under kind of the same umbrella, but where, where it really, really benefits uh, agents is, as you said, the salary. So within an S corporation, I know that my accountant tells me every year, here's the salary you are going to pay yourself. So Shahar said something very interesting. So that the IRS, you would think the IRS would have a very strict sort of algorithm or or calculation to say, okay, you know, uh, you DJ has an S, have enough S corporation and your, your business makes, you know, X amount per year. So you're going to need to pay yourself Y. You know, there's, you would think there's a calculation, but there really isn't. There's just this idea of fair and equitable or what are they, fair and reasonable uh, salary. It's in there. I think they've tightened up the language a little bit in, in more recent years, but because uh, I know I used to pay myself a lot less of a salary, but I still pay myself much, much less as an employee. I am an employee. I'm the sole employee of my own corporation. This is how realtors do, top realtors all do this. They become an employee of their of their corporation. They have to, IRS says, you have to pay yourself something fair and reasonable. So the accountant can work with you to say, okay, we think this percentage or you know, this is the, the correct amount. This is, of course, you don't want to try to figure this out yourself. Definitely work with a tax professional because this is what they do. And, you know, um, and and then what you'll find is your salary is probably much less than it would be uh, if you were just a 1099 where you're paying taxes on all of it. So yep. this is a huge, huge benefit. If I were to show you, and if I were to show you what I pay myself every year, you would be like, wow, DJ's not doing very well. Hmm. But I'm actually doing quite well because my corporation holds the majority of those assets or assets being just the, the income. And yep. I pay myself all, I only pay myself what the IRS tells me I need to. And I use my account to figure out what that amount is. And I think uh, uh, um, this is something that you mentioned. Again, we, we're talking about common mistakes, you know, not knowing S-Corp is a thing, one big mistake. Everybody should at least consider S-Corp. And for most uh, uh, 1099 real estate agents, again, if you're making more than $80,000 a year, S-Corporation will pay, you know, big time. Second is the payroll concept. 
you know, because it's pretty odd, you know, I've been sole prop for the rest of my life. I never took payroll. I just took money out of the cookie jar. Right. Now I need to be a little bit more disciplined. You know, I need to run payroll. I need to run distributions. People believe that or think that payroll is a chore or payroll is, a, is something bad. And they don't understand that actually payroll is your enabler. Payroll is the one that if you take it reasonably and you not abuse the system, it allows you to not pay self-employment taxes on your distributions. You know, because you actually prove the concept that you know how to use the W-2 payroll concept. But second, paying self-employment taxes or Social Security, Medicare, FICA is the enabler for banking. It's the enabler for lending. It's the enabler for retirement planning. It's the enabler for so many great corporate level benefits. So part of the formation's uh, education system is we try to educate and break the status quo around payroll. And letting people know that payroll, it's actually, it's a great thing for them to consider. Again, on the S-Corporation world, it's a must. But the reasonable compensation, how much money do you take, you know, as part of the payroll, should basically be uh, uh, tailored for your uh, needs for that financial year. Because if I don't need the payroll, I may go all the way to the floor, to the reasonable compensation allowed by the study that we're doing and we're performing a study to make sure that those numbers can be defended in case the IRS is asking. But think about it. There are years that actually I want to inflate it, my payroll because I want to over-contribute into my retirement or I basically I need my W-2 for lending because I know that many of our real estate uh, agents, listener, savings, uh, the retirement with rental properties. How do I buy a rental property? You know, if, how do I get a loan or a mortgage without my financials? Almost impossible. So what we want to do with an S corporation is not just to take advantage of all of the benefits, but to position the S corp in a such a healthy way that you'll be a banking sweetheart. That everywhere you go, people will want to lend you money because your financials will show that you're super strong and healthy. And so Shahar's bringing up a really good point. So um, I think this is an important topic. So I will tell you where people tend to get a little uh, nervous is around refinancing a mortgage or purchasing a property when they have an S corporation status, meaning they they have an, a company that they own, a corporation, and they pay themselves a fair and reasonable salary, which is going to be significantly less than if you were, because you're a W-2 employee of your own company, but let's say you were working for a large corporation, not your own company, and uh, you, you know, you're know you going to be saving a lot more in those taxes. But what happens when you go to you know apply for a loan is you know when you show your own personal tax returns, it's going to paint a picture uh, that might seem that well he just doesn't earn a lot of money. However, any because this has happened to me a number of times whenever I've bought or refinanced, all I ever have to do is provide all the financials for my corporation, and lenders understand this. It, it's not a scary thing. They go, okay, we get it. You know, you really own this this company, and yes, you pay yourself a smaller salary. It has never been a problem for me. Um, if I only showed my W two, it might be a problem. But if because I own the company, I can show that, and it does not create a problem around refinancing or or getting a loan. You're absolutely right. In fact, it is something that as soon as they see that there's a corporation in S corp, and they see the financials of the S corp, not a problem, or at least hasn't been a problem in, in my experience. Um, but uh, that, this is, you know, I have a question for you. So this is something that I don't fully understand. So I'm excited to, I don't know if there's a clear answer here, but I'd love to get your thoughts. 
So here's where I, every year around tax time, I always wonder what I'm supposed to do for this. And I should just ask my accountant. If I, okay, so at my corporation, uh, is it better for my, so I, I pay for individual health insurance, very common for people who are real estate agents. If, yep. you know, if you don't have a spouse that maybe has a group insurance plan, you're probably paying individual on your own. Should me as the individual pay that, uh, those premiums, or should the corporation pay those premiums for me, the employee? Curious to, to get your thoughts on that. So regardless, how do you pay it? It will be a business deduction. So your health insurance or self-employment health insurance would be a business expense. Um, sometimes it just depends on how do you basically engage with either the exchange or how do you engage with you know, a third party or a group, you know, health insurance, because I know that some real estate agents are using associations or mm -hmm. using sometimes like a mini PEO, like a professional employee organization. They're joining some solutions that they can run their payroll under a third party and therefore get the corporate level benefits. Um, so it depends on this level of engagement. Regardless, we prefer that the business will pay all of your expenses, you know, uh, uh, including all of your health insurance expense. But I think you mentioned something earlier. Even if you're not as disciplined and you pay some of your expenses privately or a personal card, make sure that you have this cadence or discipline that every two weeks or a month, the business is reimbursing you for those expenses. So now they become, you know, part of your business expense. But again, health insurance, huge issue. We know, we are aware. By the way, Formations has... Um, three plans that we're offering specifically for real estate agents. Uh, it took us a while to find the right provider, but if you go to the formation website under benefits, you can see and, and, and start doing some calculations about uh, uh, health insurance coverage. And, and in many times it's beat actually the coverage and the cost that you can find uh, out there. But regardless really? what you find as the health insurance, make sure that you run it through the business and you also Again, health insurance is one of those weird things that you need to include it actually in your W-2. So as an S-corporation owner, you need to include your health insurance in the W-2, and then you can deduct it under adjustment to income. So overall, you get the deduction. But again, one mistake that people basically are doing, they're not including their health insurance costs on the business. And by mistake, they put it under medical expenses on Schedule A on your ITMAS deduction, you know, and it doesn't give them any benefit. So again, regardless, how do you pay for your health insurance? Make sure that the business is expensive. And, you know, there's some really interesting expenses that S corporations can uh, benefit from that I believe are unique uh, to corporate structured uh, entities, which for example, I have a monthly meeting at, that I hold at uh, my condo for the business. I am the sole uh, owner and sole shareholder of the business, but I am allowed to have, um, I believe, monthly meetings and I believe even two two events a year, I think, as well. So there are some really neat ways that you can increase your deductions uh, by having, by taking advantage, and this is not exploitative, this is actually what the tax code allows for. And 
corp and big corporations do this all the time. They of course take advantage of every opportunity to save on taxes that you know is applicable and ethical. And we want all of you to do the same thing. So there's a lot of cool stuff that you will find out, but you need to have a tax professional that really is able to say, hey, you know, you're a shareholder in your company. Did you know you can have shareholder meetings uh, this regularly? And you can expense what the expenses might be for those meetings. So there's some really, really cool stuff you can do. Also, same thing with, with, with transportation. I know there are some, I don't think it makes sense in my situation because I've asked, but maybe I'm wrong, is that there are times when your car expense, whether you're leasing a car, whether you've purchased a car and making payments, that can also be, uh, it, it might make sense to hold that in the corporation's name, or it might make sense to hold that individually and have the corporation help with the payments or, or you know, I, I'm, I'm just... I'm not, I don't know the exact structure, but there are a lot of opportunities. Th these are the questions that you bring to Shahar and his team and say, Hey, I'm thinking about getting a car. Should I, should I lease? Should I buy? Um, these are, these are what we need help for. Cause I'm actually in that process now, or I have a car that's been paid off forever. I don't really want to buy a new car, but I probably need to. And I'm like, ugh. Okay, where do how, what's the best way to structure it? I don't want to figure that out. I don't know how to figure that out. I'm going to reach out to my accountant or Shahar and his team and say, uh, "Hey, what's the best structure here? Does it make sense to lease?" Um, and I know there are situations where it can. Um, yep. And I just, you know, I don't know the 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 answers to that. But these are the things you bring, of course, to your professional. So business use of auto is a huge topic. And today in the EV world, in the electric world, you know, it's even bigger topic just because of the incentives of uh, electric cars. Um, for real estate agents, you know, there's always the benefit of a car, which is a 6,000 pounds and over, you know, then you can get kind of the truck uh, 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 bonus depreciation uh, treatment. Um, when you mention about you know lease versus buy, usually it's a, it's not a tax discussion. Usually it's a cash flow discussion. It's a financial discussion. Uh, but again, if you know your numbers, if you know your cash flow, if you know how much money you should keep in the business, how much money you can get out, you know, uh, you can make those discussion with yourself about what can I afford. Um, regards to business use of auto, again, um, the mileage rate is ten out of ten times. Better, you know, unless it's a kind of 2020 pandemic when everybody is doing kind of they're showing remote and they're not driving. When people drive, uh, usually the tax rate to deduct uh, your mileage is way beneficial than you know my actual because most of us, again, even if you drive an older car, the cost to maintenance today most of our cars relatively low, which means I can take advantage by the fact that I don't have the actual expense. And the IRS is giving me almost like a per diem, you know, like a flat rate per mileage, uh, per mile. So if I'm driving, you know, 20,000 miles a year, I can get, you know, close to 12, 13, $14,000 of tax deduction. Usually I don't have such a, a, a cost to maintain, uh, uh, again, repairs, gas, insurance, uh, et cetera. So know your options. Um, DJ, one extra deduction that we love to speak about is also the business use of home. You know, as real estate agents, when we wake up in the morning, first thing that we do, we walk into our home office, start checking mails, what happened overnight, some research, what come available, you know, in the morning on, on MLS or whatever, you know, what's, what's my pipeline going to look like? This is, you know, a real office. Let's deduct some of your home office expenses. And now when I'm actually traveling between, you know, my home office into my 
business office into my brokerage, it's not a commute. It's actually a business expense. So I'm gaining twice the benefit. And, you know, in general, what we just want to make sure that real estate agents understand is that the same as you're curious and aggressive and a hassler, you know, at the top and at the front of the house, we want you to behave the same with your back office. Because sometimes when people got into their back office, they're a little bit afraid of the system. They're insecure. You know, we know that there's this FUD and FOMO, the fear, uncertainty, and doubt of, those, of, of taking advantage of the system, or the FOMO, I'm missing out on some expenses. Again, if you pick the right dream team, the right people around you, if you're curious enough to do a lot of learning, and by the way, we're telling agents, they need to do also unlearning, because they're coming from such a biased relationship. My accountant told me, no, 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 no. How come you guys saying yes, 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 yes? Because your accountant sometimes is running an agenda that has a conflict between him and you. And you need to find the partner that's actually working for you and with you. And when you find those amazing people that will uh, uh, working with you as a partner, you will get a world of enablement of more things that you can actually achieve on your financial system. And also maybe realizing that there's things you're doing that put you at risk for audits and you know additional payments. And so having this, this tax professional on board and not just having one tax professional, I already have an accountant. I like her. She seems to be good. Here's what I don't do. Every couple of years, I should let someone else take a look and say, how does this, how does this look? You know, you, you audit, you know, yourself, you audit, you know, other things in your life, you should audit your, uh, your accountant. And the best way to do that is let, let formations court guys, I'm going to do this. And the thought of even breaking up with my accountant is, is a tough one for me because I really enjoy them, but business is business and there's no harm in having someone else take a look. And you know what? I've actually had this done in the past. And uh, the other times people have looked at it in the last 13 years, I've had it maybe two or three times I've had other accountants look at it. They go, you're actually pretty good. I, I would stay with the person. So, you know, but even if you're just getting confirmation that you have a great person, it's worth getting a second opinion, just like you would for any sort of major surgery, any right. sort of, you know, uh, you know, other health issue, your, your attorney issue, you know, you're probably going to see a couple attorneys before you make any big moves. Um, formationscorp.com is the place to go. You can literally, I am going to do this, even though I love my account and I'm terrified of breaking up with her because I really like her, but I need to think about my business's um, best uh, financial interest. And, you know, maybe she's not is up to date on the more recent, um, you know, uh, sort of uh, different changes in the tax code. So I, I'm going to send my stuff over to Shahar and his team. In fact, you can you can check me on it if you want to know if I really did it. Reach out to me and I will let you know uh, what happened. But I promise um, that that's what I'm going to do because now I am scared. That there's things I'm not doing. In fact, I know there's things I'm not doing correctly. So I am excited to have Shahar and his team take a look at my corporate structure, see what I'm doing that maybe could be done better. Maybe there's a tax savings or maybe it's just, hey, DJ, you're doing this thing and it's kind of risky. We don't want you to, we don't want to see you getting audited. I've never been audited. Thank goodness. Um, I don't want to be audited. Uh, I, I certainly just don't want to go through that process. So guys, even if you have a great accountant, even if you have a great accountant, reach out to formationscorp.com and reach out to Shahar and his teams, his team. And this is what they do. They get, you can hear the excitement and passion in his voice. 
by the way, you know, somebody that gets excited about taxes is a unique individual. So these are the people you want on your team. You want your, you know, your doctors to care about you. You want your attorney to care about you. You should also want your accountant to feel the same way. And guess what? Every year around this time, I all of a sudden go, oh my God, what, what do I get to expense? I, I never know. Shahar and his team are going to help you figure that out. They are going to give you guides and 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 things that you can start tracking from here until you know in, until tax season and of course all throughout the year to help you do that as well. Guys, the, the, formationscorp.com is where to go. Shahar, I wanted to ask one other question related to uh to taxes. Is um any any other by the way. Top agents are doing this. So Shahar said something very important. I just want to reiterate. He said, basically, when you get to the $80,000 income level with your business or, or the income coming in, whether you're a 1099 um, or, or not, this is when you probably make sense to consider being incorporated. So, you know, if you're at that level, and even if you're not at that level, reach out to your accountant and find out if it makes sense. I know for me, it took a couple of years when I first started in this business, my accountant said, you're good for now. When you get to this level, and it was right at that $80,000 level. And that's when he said, okay, now we're incorporating. And it just completely changed my life. I wanted to, to just give, ask a question about one other topic, um, which is, talking about cash. So when cash comes in, we talk about different things we can do with it. We can put it in for, we can save uh, pre-tax dollars, put it into retirement savings. We can put, we can put it in a taxable accounts for money markets, uh, you know, taxable retire tax, taxable investment accounts. Um, we can also consider investing in, uh, what we would call syndication deals, real estate deals that that are very interesting. And I didn't know about syndic what we would call syndication deals until the last several years where I had uh, extra cash. I, I needed it. Um, I, I didn't want to save it. It wasn't going to be used for retirement, but it was going to be used for future goals that I have down the road. And my partner in business said, let's take some of that money and invest in these, in like a commercial, uh, a, a commercial, a strip center, for example. So there are companies that, that run, you know, their, their property management companies or they own the, they also own the land and they rent it out to, you know, whoever, and you, you have to do your due diligence, of course. But basically uh, the main benefit to me, even though I do get some sort of monthly amount they send me, um, I get all my money back, hopefully, in, in, in a few years. But most importantly, is this a tax savings because I get what's called a K-1 at the end of the year. Can exactly. you talk just briefly about the brilliance of K-1s and what they do to someone's taxes? So by the way, K-1 is what you get also from your escort. This is kind of right. the form. There's a pass-through entity. So when you go and, and, and syndicate you know, with someone else, we see you know, uh, uh, multi-family homes. We yep. see uh, uh, mall centers. We see some commercial development. And again, and what we usually what those uh, uh, syndication are doing, they are leveraging your money. They are taking your money as part of the equity, and then they borrow money against it uh, um, to to again for remodel or for improvements. Um, the K one that comes back, you know, usually come negative. It's come usually when first, let's say I put fifty thousand dollar. So the first fifty thousand dollar that I get back will be my return of my investment. It won't be taxable. But what usually happens is that those syndication, those big LLCs have net operating losses as they're managing their syndication. And because you're a partial owner 
of that project, you're entitled to get percentage of those losses. So what we see, we see those K1 coming negative. And because it's a passive income, you know, because, you know, it's, it's, uh, uh, it's not your core main of business, but because it's real estate, you can offset it against your actually commission income. So when we see, you know, people have the appetite for syndication, we encourage them kind of to time the syndication, the investment such that we'll every year we'll have a couple of K1s coming back as a negative and that negative income. And again, doesn't mean that negative income, it's negative cash flow. It's just book value, how they use depreciation and loans and, and, and debt basically uh, to allocate to the uh, uh, to the different uh, owners. But when that came, uh, K1 coming back, reported on Schedule E, page two, and don't be confused with Schedule E, page one, which was your rental properties. If you have rental properties and K1 and commission income, you know, you can actually do something super interesting, what's called tax harvesting. You can offset gains and losses and make a really, really effective, uh, a lower effective tax rate. Absolutely. So yeah, I get, I get, I, I think I get five K ones a year and they are all negative, which I love. And that the negative uh, number goes against my, some of my earnings uh, in, in other parts of the business, or, or that's probably not the right way to say it, but it basically overall subtracts from right. my overall income. And that means less taxes guys. Exactly. So, subtract, uh, it subtract your taxable income. It's offset that's right. your taxable income in the end, which means there is basically uh, 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 both element to get you to a lower tax bracket sometimes. So you gain, you know, a lower tax bracket to tax your overall contribution, but it's uh, overall tax uh, uh, needs, but it's also offset real income one-to-one. -one. And real estate agents has the benefit that most of them are what are called real estate professionals. In the eyes of the IRS, they're participating in real estate so much that the IRS allowed them, you know, to take those passive activities and take them against ordinary income. You know, one of the privileges that only real estate agents has uh, due to the fact that they have such a big lobby, you know, in, uh, in, in Washington, D.C. Well, that's true. That's true. That's I believe it's the biggest lobby of all industries is the real estate lobby. I don't know that that's that's true with a capital T, but I, I've heard that. So either way, it's a very powerful lobby. And and yes, there are benefits to being classified as a real estate professional with the IRS. Uh, so and in fact, I do not believe I am classified that way. So I need to talk to you to see if that would be uh, appropriate for my situation. So I'm going to chat with Shahar offline. And I'm also just going to send him um, all of my information to see number one, how is my accountant doing? And if he sees opportunities, you know, there, there, there we go. And I'm going to uh, reach, uh, reach out and possibly switch, switch uh, providers. So Formations Corp is where you go to learn all things Shahar uh, and his team. Uh, this is what they do. They focus specifically on 1099 employees. Again, I'm not a 1099 employee anymore, um, but uh, they also, of course, specialize in uh, the solutions to maybe considering moving beyond 1099 and you all will be, you know, this is a business. You want to run it like a business and you don't want to, the time for just doing TurboTax is probably not the right call 
for a uh, for a, for a real estate agent. It's just probably not the right call depending on your income. Again, talk to your professional. This is not of course tax advice in any way, but it is something that you should reach out to your tax professional to get that advice. So, reach out to Shahar and his team formationscorp.com. I also want to mention that they have social media and you think, well, does an accountant need social media? Yeah, of course, because they're able to to give uh, really great uh, you know information in bite sized format. They have several different accounts. They're all over Instagram, uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, really everywhere. We will have links to that. Uh, but Formations Corp is where you can search for that in any of the social platforms. We'll have links in the show notes. Also, a link to formationscorp.com. Shahar, I am so grateful that you came on our show. Everybody who's listening, please. Give Shahar and his team a chance. Send them your your information. Reach out. Have them take a look at what you're currently doing and see if there's an opportunity to work together. Shahar, thank you so much for your time today. And we will... Oh, I want to thank our uh, Shahar on behalf of our audience. Thanks for coming on. And also, on behalf of Shahar and myself, we want to thank our audience for coming on the show. Uh, sorry, thank audience for listening all, all the way through the episode. Please remember to tell a friend about this podcast. We are, we believe, the number one or number two um, most listened to show for realtors in the country. That's because of you guys. It's not because of me. Um, so thank you for that. Tell a friend. Other realtors need to know about the show. Really appreciate it. Also, check out our sponsors. Our sponsors pay the bills. We love our sponsors. Please check out their products and services. We love them and they have great stuff to offer realtors. And please leave us a review. Let us know what you think of the show, whatever podcast app you may be listening to us on. Let us know what you think of it. We will take that uh, into account so we can continue to improve the show to better meet your needs. Shahar, thank you so much. And we will see everybody on the next episode. DJ, thank you so much for your time. Oh, 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 oh